Hi, my name is John Whitaker, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Bible and Life podcast. And if you're joining me for the very first time, I want to extend a big welcome to you and say I'm glad you're here. And I hope that uh, not only this episode, but this podcast in general can be a real benefit to you and help you grow in your faith and follow Jesus more fully. And if you're a regular listener to the podcast, man, I'm just so glad that you're part of the Bible and Life family and that we get to share time together like this uh, week in and week out and think through the scriptures and think through what it means to follow Jesus together. So I'm glad you're here and I am excited about what we're going to talk about on this episode together. But before we jump into that, just a few little kind of news and notes items. Uh, First, I've got other resources that you may not know that. Maybe if you've been listening for a while, you do. I've got some other resources that might be helpful to you if you're just looking to study the Bible, maybe grow in your depth of understanding, or even be equipped more to study the Bible for yourself. So I've got an entire another podcast that's called The Listener's Commentary on the New Testament. And so you can search that on your podcast app. If you just look for Listener's Commentary, you'll find it. Uh, And that's where I just teach straight through Bible books and do so in a fairly in-depth sort of way. And And so if you're looking for guidance to how to understand specific books of the Bible, particularly books of the New Testament, the listener's commentary just might be a good thing for you to help you do that. I I don't really know how many hours there are of content there at this point, but I'm thinking there's well over 100 hours of free Bible teaching content where I just guide you through Bible books. I've got nine New Testament books done about 70% of the way through the Gospel of Luke. Lord willing, over the next few years, we'll be able to complete the entire New Testament in this format. So it's a great way just to study the Bible. So if you're looking for guidance on Bible study, listeners' commentary, I've also got some online courses uh, that are set up. You can purchase them as individual courses, just sort of one-off courses. There's courses on Bible study. There's courses on basics of spiritual growth. There's courses on uh, Christian theology. Uh, Or you can uh, set those up to kind of be more staggered out for you uh, for $10 a month, fairly cheap. And they just kind of walk you through. Again, there's like, I don't know, 60 something videos and, you know, 15, 20 hours of video content. So those are all online courses. So you can check out those courses uh, on my website, johnwhitaker.net. You can check out the listener's commentary at uh, listenerscommentary.com or search for it on your podcast player. Additionally, one other little news item. Uh, In a couple of weeks, I will be in Salt Lake City. I'll be preaching on Sunday morning, September 19th. Also Sunday morning around 11 o'clock, I'm going to be doing a workshop on discipling your kids. And then Monday evening on September 20th, I'm going to be doing a workshop on engaging the Bible for yourself. And that's all in Salt Lake City at Southeast Christian Church. A couple other churches are kind of involved in that as well. So if you're in the Salt Lake area and any of that sounds like it might be helpful to you, man, feel free to look up Southeast Christian Church and swing by for any of those uh, little workshops, those sessions. I would love to connect with you if we've never met before. So if you're in the Salt Lake City area, uh, look me up on September 19th and 20th. All right, let's jump into the content for this show. Uh, We have been in a series that we have been exploring really the tension that we see in the New Testament between the already and the not yet, the now and the not yet, that the kingdom of God and the new creation and 
the life of the age to come has broken into the here and now in and through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and the outpouring of the Spirit. But the old order, the old way of things, the flesh and the fallen human way of doing life, that persists at the same time. And so these two ages overlap in the present. And that explains why life sometimes is so hard, why we find in ourselves the struggle to, to do what we know is right and to walk by faith. And we're kind of this mixture of things. And we find in the world that we find all sorts of blessedness and joy and grace and goodness. But at the same time, we have frustration and disappointment and hardship and suffering and well, that's because we live during the overlap of the ages. And so we've been exploring various ways that shows up in the New Testament in this series. And today I want to look at uh, two particular passages that illustrate another way this theme shows up. Um, to set that up, let me just uh, tell you a little story. I got my very first passport in 1999. So 20-something years ago, we were invited to go do some teaching in New Zealand. I, I, Other than going to Canada and some of that, I'd never really done any international travel, so I'd never had a passport. Well, had to get a passport to go to New Zealand, uh, and my wife had to get a passport, and so did my son and daughter. My daughter at the time was like four months old when we left. When we got her passport photo taken, she was all of like two months old, right? Like she was just a brand new little baby and she had to get a passport photo taken, get her passport. That passport was good for five years. So, you know, she's going to go from this two month old to this five year old during the life of that passport. I don't know if that passport photo, photo how, how it could do anybody any good, but she had to get one. So she got a passport. My son, who at the time was three when we left, got a passport. So probably got his photo taken when he was like two and a half or so. And it was good as well for five years. So by the time his passport expired, he was almost eight years old, right? Uh, and so we all got our passports and went to New Zealand. Um, I've had friends who have had dual passports, like two passports from two different countries because they had residency in two different places. I've had students living in Boise um, going to school at the college where uh, I taught full-time for a number of years and still occasionally teach class here and there. Uh, but So there were students living in Boise, Idaho, where I live, uh, but holding passports from places like the Congo or Pakistan or Great Britain. And man, talk about that. Their home cultures were very different from the culture of Boise, Idaho in the USA, right? Like, you know, you're from the Congo, and now you're living in Boise, Idaho. I had a student from the Congo who could speak 13 different languages. Um, he, he spoke Swahili and French and English and a bunch of different tribal dialects. And he's here. It's, it's amazing, right? And the culture is so different. In fact, I had another student from the Congo who ended up working at a grocery store here in town. And he took it on himself that one of the things he would do for other foreigners and refugees that were living in the Boise area, he'd teach them how to grocery shop because he started observing how overwhelmed they would be when they would walk into the grocery store because there's so many options of, you know, one item. I mean, like toothpaste, right? Like there's a gazillion different kinds of toothpaste and they wouldn't know what to do. So he took it on himself to teach them how to shop at a grocery store in the United States when they first got here because the culture was so different. So their passport represented the country they were from, but they were living here in the United States. And this, this is all a helpful image for 
us as followers of Jesus living where we do right now between the first and the second comings of Jesus during the overlap of the ages. We live in this overlap time period, Jesus' first coming, pouring out of spirit, second coming. In between that, you have the overlap of the ages. That's where we live. And that's what we've been talking about in this, this uh, series that we've been walking through. Well, this imagery of passports and passports from your home country and different cultures and all of that, very helpful for what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. Let me read you the big context, and then I'll highlight the specific line I'm thinking of here. So Philippians 3, let me pick up in verse 17. I'm going to read down through the end of the chapter in verse 21. Paul writes this. He's just given a big sort of autobiographical statement about how when he met Jesus, how it completely shifted his whole life, and he gave up everything who he was and made it his passion and ambition to pursue Jesus. And then he says in verse 17, Brothers and sisters, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern that you have in us. For many walk, of whom I've often told you and now tell you even as I weep, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetites, and who glory in things they ought to be ashamed of, who have set their minds on earthly things. And here's the line I want to highlight, verse 20. For... Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our lowly condition into conformity with his glorious body by the exertion of the power that he has, even to subject all things to himself. That's that line in verse 20 where he's kind of explaining, they set their mind on earthly things, but we don't. Why not? Well, we don't because our citizenship is in heaven. And Paul is actually playing off of a very familiar situation to the Philippians. They would have understood this. It would have resonated with them because the city of Philippi was uh, like a little piece of Rome there in northern Greece. Uh, Because of its history and its heritage, um, and all of that, it had been given this very high status of the Ius Italicum. Like, you're like a little Italy, even though you're in northern Greece. And that came about, the, you know, the last major battle of the Roman Civil War was fought on the plains outside of Philippi. And uh, Octavian settled some of his military veterans in Philippi and bestowed this status on it. And then that status kind of got added to over the ensuing decades. And so, you could, you could live in Philippi and not be a citizen of the city and not be a citizen of Rome. Or you could live in Philippi and you could have Roman citizenship and you had all sorts of special privileges and statuses and rights and all of that. Here's a city in northern Greece, but almost all of the formal official inscriptions in the city were in Latin, um, not Greek, because it was like a little Italy, right? So they are like a colony of Rome in Greece. And that's what Paul's playing off of here in verse 20. Our citizenship, or another way you could translate it, we, we are a colony uh, of heaven here on earth. Like our citizenship is in heaven 
from which we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that too, is even playing off of their, their situation. Like, the emperor himself was referred to with titles like Savior and Lord, like Kaiser Kyrios, Caesar is Lord, uh, he's Soter, he's Savior, the one who has brought peace to the realm, and you would watch for him to come and visit your city, particularly if you had high status uh, like Philippi did, and you were deeply loyal to the to the emperor, right? So he's playing off of their situation and taking what they, their kind of felt lived experience in Philippi and saying, that's what it's like to be a church. That's what it's like to be a Christian. That's what it's like to be a group of Christians here on earth. We have this sort of dual passport status. Um, on one hand, your, your passport says, Philippi, says Macedonia, the region in which Philippi sat. Um, On the other hand, it says Rome. It says Italy, right? Well, as followers of Jesus, our passport says USA. And we have another passport that says heaven. We have this dual passport status. We are like a colony of heaven on earth. Now, the point when he says your citizenship is in heaven isn't meaning that that's your real homeland and you're just hanging on for dear life until you can get out of here and go to heaven. That's not really quite his point. In context, he's talking about the way we live, right? Like, um, And he's, he's explaining why we don't set our mind on earthly things, why we live differently than those people that he described in verses 18 and 19, why we carry out our lives differently. Why? Because our citizenship is in heaven. So, here on earth, we live differently uh, than other people do because we actually have a different homeland. Um, our citizenship is in heaven. Now, let's pair that with another passage. This one from Galatians chapter 1. It's the introduction and greeting to the Galatian letter, but it's a little bit expanded in Galatians uh, because of the nature of the letter and some of the themes that Paul wants to highlight. He highlights them, or at least hints at them, in the introduction and greeting. And so he, you know, he does this typical Paul, apostle, all the brothers with me, to the churches of Galatia. And then verse 3, he says, grace to you and peace from God the Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he describes who Jesus is, who gave himself for our sins. Here's the phrase I want us to pair with the Philippian phrase. So that he might rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forevermore. Amen. Jesus gave himself so that he he could rescue us from this present evil age. And that word rescue literally means pluck us out of, right? Like take us out of the present evil age. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel like you have been rescued from, plucked out of the present evil age? I know I don't. It's all around me, right? We're confronted with it on our news feeds. We're confronted with it on the 24-hour news cycle. We're confronted with it when we see tragedy and suffering and heartache and brokenness all around us, right? We're confronted with uh, it when we see just wickedness and evil acts and selfishness and greed from uh, at corporate level down to personal, individual level to international. Like we're confronted with the present evil age at every turn. So let's pair that then with the Philippians 3 passage. You are citizens of heaven, but you are living in 
cities and countries marked by the present evil age. So when he says he has rescued us from the present evil age, it, it doesn't mean at this point that we have been totally taken out of it. We live here, but we live here as citizens of heaven. We, we have experienced the life of heaven in and through Jesus and the, the indwelling of God's very own spirit within us, we have been given this new life. We are new creations. We've been raised up and seated with Christ in the heavenly places, Ephesians chapter 2. Right? Like We have been given this new identity, this new status, this new life, this new connection to God, and we now know what life is really all about. We've experienced the life of heaven, and we're citizens of heaven. That's our homeland, and it's heaven that shapes our identity. It's heaven that shapes our destiny. It's heaven that shapes our way of being and our way of doing life. It's heaven that shapes our whole culture as the people of God in the here and now. But we experience that and we carry that out in the midst of, in overlap with, the present evil age. These two things overlap in the now and the not yet. And so one line, we've talked about these two overlapping lines that run parallel to each other, right? One of those lines is the old order, the old age. Well, in the language of Galatians 1, it's the present evil age. But if you're in Christ, you have been raised up and seated with Christ in the heavenly places, and you're now a citizen of heaven. The 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 upper line, right? The overlap line that has broken into the here and now. And the goal for us then as God's people is not to seek to escape from the present evil age. It's not to withdraw from the present evil age. It's to be people uh, marked by heaven living on earth. People who are shaped by and who are drawn by and who whose life is conformed to the culture of heaven in the midst of the cultures of the present evil age. We're called to be an outpost of heaven on earth. And that's really what Paul is getting at there in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. When he says our citizenship is in heaven, what he's saying is you live differently in the here and now. There in Philippi, you're like a little colony of heaven in Philippi, just like Philippi is a little colony of Rome in Macedonia. Well, you're a colony of heaven. And so you need to flesh out and carry out and display the culture of heaven right where you live. That's what it means to be the people of God. And the part of the reason there's tension with that is we're battered with, we're confronted by, we, we feel the disappointment in, sometimes even the, uh, the angst or even the just utter like disgust with things we see in the present evil age. And yet instead of letting that like ruin our lives, what we ought to do is... Uh, see that as, oh man, that's not who I am. We are going to carry out the culture of heaven right here. And so we're to embody the city of God in the midst of the city of man. We're to display the culture of heaven in the midst of this present evil age. That's what it means to be the people of God and to be citizens of heaven on earth in the way we go about our life. Uh, Not only individually, but as families, 
And as groups of Christians, churches, we're supposed to flesh out another way, a better way of being human. The way of being human that is in sync with heaven itself, the way God made us to be, and the way we will be forever and ever, because that now has already broken into this present evil age. One of the ways I like to think about it and say it for myself and for my passport status and for my people is I like to ask the question, and I'll put it personally for me, am uh, I an American who just happens to be a Christian or am I a Christian who just happens to live in America? In other words, which culture shapes me more? Which identity, values, and destiny shapes me more? America or the way of Jesus, the life of heaven? Am I, uh, am I an American who just happens to be a Christian or am I a Christian who just happens to live in America? And for you, it's the same thing. Are you a, are, are, are you a South African who just happens to be a Christian or are you a Christian who just happens to live in South Africa? Are you um, a citizen of Japan who just happens to be a Christian? Or are you a Christian who just happens to live in Japan? Like, which one shapes you more wherever you find yourself living? We are to be shaped by the life and culture of heaven. We are to be uh, drawn to that because we know that's our ultimate destiny. And so that's where our life is found. And so we're like a little colony of heaven on earth. And in order to do that, man, we've got to soak ourselves in uh, the, the book from heaven, like God's word, and think about it, meditate on it, and ponder it, and let it teach us wisdom, and what it looks like to follow God, and what God's priorities are. We've got we to gotta soak ourselves and saturate with that. And so increasingly, we understand what it means to live God's way, heaven's way, in the here and now. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bible in Life podcast. I pray that's helpful to you as you think about what it looks like to be the people of God living in the here and now. And thanks again to each and every one of you who are supporters of the Bible in Life podcast, the Bible in Life online ministry, the listener's commentary, all the resources I'm trying to put together. Uh, far and away, this is a crowdfunded Bible teaching effort um, and your generosity is what makes this possible. It's really a team of all of you that is allowing these resources to be produced and spread throughout the world so that more people can learn and live the Bible. So thanks a ton for your support. Thanks a ton for your prayers. May God bless each and every one of you, and may you have a great week in Christ. I'll talk to you again next week.